sit down, gentlemen, and sit still. I've come to order a coffin for the first one of you who makes a move. Have Gun, Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875. The Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. All right. Hey, welcome to Old Time Future Fun Hour. Good evening. With me tonight, I have Justin joining me in the studio. Justin, welcome. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, Elliot. Yeah, man. It's awesome to have you here. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing this evening? Doing good. What's doing in- good. I'm excited about Have Gun, Will Travel. Yes. We're talking about Have Gun, Will Travel. Have Gun, Will Travel. I've been excited about through for this for the the whole week here. So uh, Good. Something to look forward to. I got some questions. I you got, got some questions. You some got stuff qu- to dig into. I hope I, hope I can answer them. Are you... Okay. I mean, I did a, I did extensive <laughs> research, but did uh, all your background. Okay, good. I, I tried. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Have Gun Will Travel. So let's let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, today's show, Have Gun Will Travel. It is a uh, let, let's go through a little bit of a history and, and kind of fill you in on the details here. Mm-hmm. Um, the show, the specific episode we're listening to is called Strange Vendetta. It is the first radio production that was produced under Have Gun Will Travel. However. This was actually made as a TV show first in 1957. And then the first air date of the show, Strange Vendetta, which we're reviewing, uh, aired in 1958 uh, mm-hmm. in November. So um, kind of interesting. And it, it actually ran from November 1958 through uh, 1963. I thought that was super interesting that it started as a TV show in winter radio. I, I don't know anything behind that, why that, why that would be a thing, but... I would have figured the other way around, you know, try it with radio, a little less production value than move to, to TV where it costs a lot more, but maybe it was to access more audiences. I don't know. You know anything about that? I, I don't. I, I do know that uh, there was, I remember when I was studying film and stuff back in school, like way back in the day, taking one of those, you know, history art classes or something like that. Um, they talked about uh, there was the radio and then, you know, that was huge. Everybody gathered around mm-hmm. and that's what got me interested in doing this podcast <laughs> to begin with. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, it's kind of a, a blast from the past. Right. And then they started to adapt a lot of, of these uh, radio shows for TV or oh, movies. Okay. okay. Uh, and they slowly learned that people who are good on the radio. Right. Um, really aren't, aren't great on a picture. Right. Good radio voice, but uh, he's got a face for a radio. That's where it came from, right? That's where it came from, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, which is kind of interesting. But um, so I'm, I'm not sure if there was actually any um, uh, crossover with the cast from the TV show to the radio show. That's one thing I didn't look at. There's probably some old geezer in a chair right now. It's like, I know the answer, but uh, these guys don't, you know? Yeah, good. Email me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go check out oldtimefuturefunhour.com and let us know. There we go. Um, so that, yeah, that was, that was really bizarro. So this kind of went backwards and I did, you know, in some of the research I did find it, it definitely said, this is a rare occurrence. There's a couple other shows out hmm. there. I wasn't able to actually locate the name of any other shows hmm. that started this way. Interesting. Uh, but it was, it was very intriguing. Also probably a little granular for right now, but did you check out the Nielsen ratings and how it was third and fourth for a couple of years? And then, uh, 1961 and 62 dropped from third the previous year to 29th. Wow. You know what? What happened there? Gunsmoke. What happened? Do you think so? I think. I mean, the westerns is kind of like filled the western action uh, genre. Okay. okay. And um, my guess is uh, we had some. I mean, you've heard of Gunsmoke. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Have Gun Will Travel? I have now. 
Yeah. Because of you. Exactly. But but you knew what Gunsmoke was <laughs> right, before right. and Gunsmoke was a radio show. Yeah. Uh, so you know we might get a Gunsmoke huh. episode here in the future. Maybe competitive. Uh, so I, I think um, that's that's probably related to what happened. So mm-hmm. this kind of fell out of uh, fell out of favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. That's a just bump from the top sh- spot. Shooting from the hip. Yeah. Like, like oh, our, I see what you did there. Shooting from the hip. Yeah. <laughs> like our hero Paladin does. Go. Yeah. All right. Let me see here. Um, I do know though that uh, this did get s- nominated for several Emmys. Mm-hmm. I think three or so in the first year, and. Um, what I also found really, really interesting was a famous writer, a name that I'm hoping you'll recognize, hmm. wrote an episode for the show, and he won an award for it. And that writer's name was Gene Roddenberry. Mm, doesn't ring a bell, but hey. What? Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah, no. Gene Roddenberry. No. Creator of Star Trek. No. For everybody that's listening, I'm getting death glares from Elliot right now. What? It's okay. We'll we'll put, we'll catch up. We'll play. Hey, things Justin should know at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. Gene Roddenberry is apparently one of that's them. Wow, yeah, I, I, I I thought it was a more popular name. This is how we learn things through shame. Justin must have been into sports growing <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, all but right. I feel like you wanted to say something about that. I feel like that's. I just I just thought that was pretty cool. He, Western people have described Star Trek as a Western space, right? Yeah. There's to a some degree. I, I would. I mean, I, I don't know if I would go as far as Western. You know who really nailed the Western was. Um, uh, the show Firefly. Mm. I don't know if you ever watched that. I've show. heard of it. I had a couple buddies that were obsessed with it back in the day. I'm not gonna give you a hard time. It, it wasn't as popular as Star Trek. I'm assuming you've heard of Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> created by Gene Roddenberry. There we go. There we go. Anyways, uh, the name of the show, if you ever want to go out and check it out, is called Helen of. I that's a really that's a tough one to there part. You go. Yeah, Helen of Abjinyan. Hmm. So, Gene Roddenberry wrote that one. Won an award for it. Pretty cool uh, from the Screen Actors Guild or the Writers Actors Guild or and one of the guilds. Do you know? Do they have a pilot format like they have now, where it's like, hey, you get one pilot. This is the first episode to try and see if people like it, and then we might create more. Or would they just spin them up? I feel like this wouldn't have been that hard to make. Um, I've I've found some shows that have been listed as pilot. Okay. Um, but I I don't. My guess is since it was already a TV show, they probably had a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of success behind probably, it. Yeah, probably I've, just roll with it. And what's What's interesting is I've actually found out about other radio shows, some of the other ones that I've researched. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a long history of like science fiction, short story writers, um, or books, or a- anything. And then they, they actually became a radio show much later. They, ha- they had a history behind it. I hmm. couldn't find any history about Have Gun, Will Travel mm-hmm. related to that. But there are some other shows uh, that we're going to talk about in future episodes of this of this podcast. But um, I was researching another one that goes back into the uh, late 1800s when the, the hmm. character was created and um, eventually became, you know, he was a jewel thief, but he eventually got changed into a detective. Or right, something. right. So it was kind of cool. Um, but good questions and uh, definitely good things um, that I'm going to try and focus on in the future so that way I can uh, I can be ready with. Oh, I can be curious. Oh, I like it. All right. So we got Have Gun, Will Travel, Strange mm-hmm. Vendetta. Uh, let's talk about the characters. Um, there's a protagonist in the show. His name is Paladin. Mm. He is your... What a man. Oh, what a man. I mean, his voice is so dreamy. Right. Uh, okay, we're vo- uh, am I wrong in thinking that voices were deeper back then? Like, <laughs> Have Gun, Will Travel. Like, I mean, it's it's like at a full octave below mine right now. Well, you got to really put off that masculine uh, yeah. frontier. I guess. When you grow up, when you live in a hotel in San Francisco, you're, yeah. you're really tapping into the masculine side of things. So let's talk about Paladin. I mean, yep. he's the recurring character. He is the star of this show. Mm-hmm. I, I did some research on him. It, and th- this is a list of his credentials. Mm-hmm. 
quick to hand out his card to anyone, mm-hmm. and was very much a ladies' man mm. uh, of the late fifties. Okay. I guess it was the eight. Sorry, the uh, the late uh, seventy five. It's supposed to take place in eighteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get a little bit more into that. Uh, later right uh he claimed he liked to avoid violence which generally never happened and i took from this the cliche of i don't like uh, guns bad things will happen right, when i right. touch guns but i have one on my hip at all times and i've got a uh, rifle stashed in my right. saddle of my uh horse a marlin oh. by the way that was my first and uh, my first 30 out six was a marlin cowboy gun lever action oh yeah mm-hmm. same type of gun mine was a red rider there we go. Yeah. Can we talk about some of his other, I mean, he's got some of his interests here and this is from the Wikipedia. Yes. So yeah, give it to me. Lay, lay it down. About as, as confident and trustworthy as, as a Wikipedia can be. Um, okay. So he was a former union cavalry op- officer, a graduate of the, United, of the United States military Academy at West point, veteran of the American civil war, his permanent, he lives in a hotel, which yes. I think is fancy. The Carlton hotel. Yeah. In which San Francisco. Sound, sounds fancy. Um, it's still there. Interesting cat. You know, he's got this military background. He lives in a hotel. Um, he's a successful businessman, a bon vivant. Bon vivant? Yeah. Bon vivant. Um, he wears custom-made suits. He consumes fine wine. He plays the piano and attends the opera and yes. other cultural events. He is, a, he is a renaissance man. This guy does everything. Expert chess player, poker player, and swordsman. He is skilled in Chinese martial arts. Might be Hey Boy teaching him. I don't know. We'll learn more about <laughs> Hey Boy in a second. And is seen in several episodes receiving instruction and training with a Kung Fu master in San Francisco. He's highly educated, able to quote classic literature, philosophy, and case law, and speaks several languages. Oh, also, he's the president of the San Francisco Stock Exchange Club. That was a club. You could be you could be the president of it. That's like a part-time gig back then. I totally missed that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, he um, trades. Um, he's a day trader. Mm-hmm. And wow. I mean, mm-hmm. extensive. Uh, I would like to meet the person that uh, could fulfill those shoes Yeah, that's, today. that's quite a person. I mean, he's got the art side of him. He's uh, definitely rugged. He's got the yeah. military background. Uh-huh. Cowboy, apparently. Uh-huh. Lives in a hotel, but he's also cultured. Uh, very interesting dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah, yeah. Really, really multidimensional right. character. Right. And then there's, um okay. So so then some of Paladin's uh, uh, crew here. We, mm-hmm. We've got uh, constant interaction with a young man named Hayboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if that's supposed to be hay, like as in it's the guy who hays the horses. Mm. Uh, so he just calls him hay boy or mm-hmm. if he's some sort of like concierge of the hotel mm-hmm. or something because he's always at the hotel whenever he's talking right, to hay boy. Right. Uh, and hay boy is a um, blatantly racist um, portrayal of an Asian mm-hmm. uh, person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to play some clips for you later mm-hmm. because you got to hear it. Mm-hmm. And every spelling I found has been H-E-Y. Yeah, me too. So I'm, I'm thinking it's more just a derogatory like... I'm not going to learn your name. Hey, boy. Yeah. You know, like, a, get over and help me with the bags. You know, like, pretty offensive. It's got a, yeah. Pretty he's, demeaning. He's the, the bellman at the, right. the Carlton right. back in 1875. Um, let's see. Moving into this specific episode, we've got a couple key players that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't get too much into them because we're going to learn more about them as we talk about the actual show. Uh, but some people to watch out for. Miguel Rojas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got... a. Donia Maria, mm-hmm. I believe Rojas, that's uh, Miguel's wife, mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Mayhew, um, who seems to accompany them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to hear from those guys later. Man, you say it like you grew up in Wisconsin. Um, well, I didn't actually. I grew up next door to Wisconsin. There you go. Pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> I was just down the street from I just you. love how they say it. Don Miguel. You know, Don, it's like Don, Don Miguel. Miguel. Donia. Yeah. 
Donna. And, and meanwhile, I'm like, Miguel Rojas. Miguel, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Donya. Uh, you can take the guy out of Minnesota. You can't take the Minnesota out of the guy. That's right. Uh, and like all good Minnesotans, we all um, hopped on I-94 West. Yeah, and, total uh, five turns, got here. Bozeman uh, mm-hmm. was the first best place to stop. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, all right. So, Strange Vendetta. Um, this was the first radio episode. I think I mentioned that earlier, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to, to point that out. This is the first one that was ever broadcast on the radio. And, uh, I, you know, I listened to it uh, the first 10 minutes and I was hooked. I was like, this is this is it. This is mm-hmm. so good. I, I haven't even listened to another episode yet because mm-hmm. I've been so focused on this one. Hmm. Uh, so I'm really interested to hear uh, some more Have Gun Will Travel. I hope this becomes a, a recurring show for us. But, um, uh, yeah. This is this is. I mean, it doesn't get any better. And can we can we talk about the format for a second too? Because yes. this is the first time I've I've been to a live radio show before, and I had a little trouble with it because classic male brain couldn't multitask. I was so obsessed with what the people watching the people making the sounds. Yes, that I was not paying attention to the to the narration and the plot and the dialogue. And I, I found it really frustrating, and I just ended up watching the the people making the sounds because I thought it was so cool. <laughs> right? They'll have. If anyone's, if you haven't been to a show, go see it. If you're in Bozeman, go to Live from the Divide. They'll have, um, I'm blanking on the name, but we'll include it in the show notes. Do we have show notes? Yeah. Yeah, we'll include it in the show notes. Um, but there's a, a, a local crew that does a live radio production here in the summer, and it's it's really neat to see. It's really cool. And there'll be two people who are doing complete sounds, all the, the horse clopping and the guns drawn and the wind. And they'll use all these different objects and they'll have them laid out on a table. And you're, the, you're playing this game of like, what are they going to use that object for? And wow, I never thought that would make that noise. And it's it's pretty fun. But I it can be distracting to like actually focus on the plot and the dialogue. I bet. Because I mean, they're just standing there talking into a mic, reading, right. a, reading a script. Right. And then, and yeah, and then you've got the guy who's doing all the fun action stuff over mm-hmm. here on the side, slamming doors right. and m- mimicking gunshots uh-huh. and whatever. And some people are really good at being in their character as they're like, as they're, you know, saying the dialogue and, and you think they're kind of acting with it, right? They move the shoulders and move the hands. Yeah. They'll show the emotion on the face. And some people are just stone cold. I'm going to read in front of a microphone and they're, you know, they're good that they're good at modulating their voice to make it sound like the person. And when you listen to it over the radio, you couldn't tell. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's really interesting to see the different approaches and see it live. If you haven't go see, it, it's quite an experience. And I think it's also interesting. I was trying to imagine like an old radio set. Obviously you, you can imagine the picture, uh, that took up most of the living room back in the day and like two kids being a kid. And this was like your only outlet for hearing media. Right. Yeah. And you're in, you know, you're in your living room, you're sitting next to the radio. You had to time it perfectly. So you'd catch it. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you couldn't just go back yeah. and watch it on Netflix. It it's wasn't like, like okay, did you see the episode last night? No. Yeah. I, I'm going to go, know. I'm going to go binge radio shows. Yeah. And, and it's something I'd love to do now. And I couldn't imagine having to wait right. like a week right. or, or two weeks. Scheduling I, I, your time. Maybe that's why a paladin had so much time on his hands for all these activities was, you know, it wasn't bogged down with friends reruns. Uh, yeah. You know? Netflix and, and uh, too busy with his stock Black exchange or whatever, yeah. whatever it is you want to watch. Anyways. Um, um, okay. So, all right, we're going to, we're going to dive into this episode here, but um, if you want to hear it uh, after our show is finished, go ahead and find it, but uh, keep listening to us for now. Cause this is mm-hmm. going to be more fun, um, but you can go to archive.org and uh, you can look or you can uh, go to Old Time Future Fun Hour where I've got a link to this specific episode and other great radio episodes mm-hmm. that you can listen to. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, Have Gun Will Travel. You'll find it. Just do a search for it. You'll, I mean, it'll pop right up. It's great. Um, okay. 
So should we get started on this storyline? Justin, what I like to do is I like to ask, what do you think happened? I think this is another interesting point about the whole radio format is I had to, I had multiple times had to go back and re-listen to pieces because I'm like, wait, 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 I missed that. Like my brain's not used to being so concentrated. I'm used to having my phone while I watch Netflix, while I'm on something else. And, and so to be really tuned into the radio show is a new, I mean, that's a very modern problem and <laughs> a very superficial problem and yeah. i'm kind of embarrassed to I, share it i can't listen to the radio clearly. right <laughs> right but i had there's a couple points where i had to go back and be like okay who was talking what was that um and so we open at the opera which is an interesting place to start a western um well you know i'm gonna back it? i'm gonna back you up for just a okay. second they yeah they're about to there he's he's at the hotel i believe oh, yeah sorry hotel first um and this is where we actually get our first introduction into hey boy the mm-hmm. very the very first words i believe in this entire uh, episode the the series run was was right. Hey Boy and I really like to play you a clip of Hey Boy. Oh, you're the pit on Mister Paladin. Oh, thanks, Hey Boy. Uh, uh, excuse, please. Must go. A lady, look for me. Lady. That was Hey Boy. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell, the audio quality was a little bit tougher um, compared to what we're used to these days. Mm-hmm. But Hey Boy, giving Mister Paladin the paper as he walks in in the morning or in the mm-hmm. afternoon or whatever, and he says, um, "Hey, there's a." There's a lady. Go check out this lady. And immediately Paladin jumps on that. Right. And that's when we start to uh, introduce the opera. Mm-hmm. So now um, so now we've, we've got this um, very uh, classic uh, breakfast at Tip- Tiffany's Mickey Rooney style, um, extremely ra- racist uh, portrayal of an Asian man in right. San Francisco in right. the 1875 mm-hmm. era. And uh, the, and this show goes on. So uh, Paladin is um, mm-hmm. immediately taken by... A woman. Mm. Donia? Donia Mon- Maria. There Do- you go. Donia Maria. Donia Maria. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, gets, it gets distracted by her. She is attempting to buy opera tickets. Okay. And they're all sold out. Man, I missed some details. <laughs> hey, I listened to this. <laughs> this is good. This is good. A lot of times. So, right. she, so she's attempting to get a lot of tickets. I got tickets. the big points. I, I think I got the big I got the big beats. All right. So... So to keep to keep it moving here, what happens is um, so Paladin goes over and he starts laying down some moves because he's a ladies man. He's a yeah, savant, you know, right. uh, and, and he says, oh, well, you know, the opera sold out. Why don't you join me in my own private opera box? Because mm-hmm. he's got one. Um, and she's, uh, you know, they have a little inter- uh, exchange and, mm-hmm. and he's like, what a specimen. And mm-hmm. just really um, being very objective uh, over Estonia Maria. And uh, then the husband shows up and she's like, well, yeah, could him I too? Could I come and bring my husband? And he's like, husband, darn. You're right. <laughs> and uh, I'm surprised he didn't notice the ring. Like, seriously. You know? Oh, yeah. And uh, what we can tell is that uh, Don Miguel and uh, Tonya Maria, um, they're in from wherever they live, out, uh, in Mexico somewhere. Uh, they mentioned the town later. I couldn't uh-huh. find it as an actual place. But um, uh, then uh, he basically uh, gets called out by Hayboy, and he's like, Oh, her husband doesn't like you. And he's like, her husband shouldn't like me. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's just completely risque. <laughs> Can't tie him down. Can't keep him ha- his hands to himself. That's that's the whole intro uh, where we meet basically our, our three characters. Oh, and then they, they of course have um they have their third character, Doctor Mayhew, okay. who I um, mentioned earlier, who is who is joining them as well. Mm-hmm. So the the three of them are now going to go to the opera as a cute little couple. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing here is. Right after this, uh, they actually break for a. Um, that was commercial. quick. Yeah, it was really quick. 
So we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. Seven mornings a week on CBS Radio, the World News Roundup takes you to the scene of the news for eyewitness reports by CBS News correspondents. Hear what's happening direct from where it's happening. Get the feeling of the news along with the facts as our World News Roundup comes your way at breakfast time tomorrow. I think my favorite thing about that commercial that we just listened to is um, it finishes out with, uh, you know, hear your news broadcast around breakfast time. Mm -hmm. Just generally. Yeah. So whenever you you finish eating breakfast. I mean, sometimes I eat breakfast at 1030. Is the news going to be on? You're right. Am I going to hear that? I'm sure. On CBS. Um, I'd also like to point out, this is the first show that I've done that's produced by CBS. Mm. Everything else, uh, national broadcasting company. uh, Okay. So what happens next? All right. So they... uh, We're at the opera. We're at the opera. Right. Yes. A little chit-chat, small talk going on. And a tussle and an assassination attempt. Is that what you got? That is absolutely what I got. Okay. Uh, On Don Miguel. Don Miguel. And my favorite part is this is while Paladin is proving that Don Miguel should not like him. And he's ogling his his lady. Right. And there is an attempt on his life. I think that comes up later on. I think this is all tying together. Yeah. I think here's here's what I really took away from this, though. Uh, it's paladin and his hubris <laughs> and the way that he thinks that um, he really is just God's gift to women. Mm. And so what I'd like to do for you is I would like to play the attack. Okay. Dona Maria is a remarkable woman, doctor, meant to savor and enjoy beautiful things. And I might comment for your particular benefit, Mr. Paladin, that Don Miguel is a remarkable man. Wait a minute. Huh? Oh, what is it? Someone behind the curtain. What? what? Don Miguel, look out! <laughs> So there, there you go. That's okay. that's the attack, and I just, I just was so taken aback by. Uh, they don't play any of the opera. They don't actually play any of the music. They right. just cut right to Paladin being like, "She is it's really too remarkable. expensive, too expensive." Yeah, whole opera. And uh, the gunshot that you actually heard. Yeah, tell me, tell me about that's how you Don Miguel, that. isn't it? Yes. Don Miguel shot the assailant. Yes, the assailant was able to get a knife in him. Yes. With poison in it that we find out in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, jumped ahead. We Well, yeah, we do jump ahead a little bit, but I mean, there's not that much between there. Which is, that's a, that's a, I think, you know, what's your take on that? Knife covered in poison? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to make sure that you're effective, and it was probably mm-hmm. a lot easier to smuggle a knife in, even though Don Miguel had yeah. a, a gun yeah. on him. Um, so I'm not sure why somebody, you know, if somebody wanted him dead, I felt like they, they probably could have made it happen. So he gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. He lives. And then uh, Paladin's kind of questioning, like, you know, he goes and he talks to Donya Maria and he's trying to question. And then there's and then it comes up. Um, there's this insane blood feud between his family mm-hmm. and another family. They don't explain why. Mm-hmm. At least at this point, they don't. It's a leader for the next episode. For other episodes. <laughs> Perhaps so. Yeah, leave some questions unanswered. Uh, so so Don Miguel and uh, Rojas and uh, the Rojas family has a, um, uh, a blood feud. And so somebody is attempting uh an attack on his life Mm -hmm. so he just he basically says here's my card Mm -hmm. that's like his that's his thing he hands his card over to Tony maria who's like oh this isn't the time and then and she looks at it give him my card this is not time for fun have gun will travel (laughs) it's great and do you think what do you think business cards look back look like i mean this is 1870s business card you think it looks like the uh 
Instaprints. I bet Vis- they were Vistaprint. Yeah, cars they, we got today. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's probably right. He probably just went to Hayboy and said, "Hey, just run down the street and right. get, a, get a few old scrolly type fonts." The in the research that I did, they kept talking about the business card though, oh. and there was this big thing about um he has a, a knight, a chess piece, mm-hmm. uh, on his card. That was his. Hmm. Um, they don't really mention it in this, but there are some occasional like chess references. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. He's an avid chess player, so that makes sense. Yeah, he's yeah. he's 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 very skillful in the art of uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so yeah, so he hands it over to Tony Maria, and this is actually when they they introduce uh, the fact because Don Miguel says, "Okay, I'll take I'll talk to Paladin. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to him. I want to hire him. Mm-hmm. Have gun will travel. He can help me." with something we're not quite sure right. yet but this is when we find out that the knife was poisoned and don miguel has a death sentence he's mm-hmm. got maybe a week left. a week right yeah um so he actually he actually uh, has this conversation he says hey don miguel um i would like to hire you to escort my body safely home to san tomasino is mm-hmm. what i got out of it uh or san tomasino it was across the border right it was, yeah, it supposedly wasn't too far. I couldn't find an actual town that even resembled that name. Mm-hmm. But, but they, I, I thought they referenced over the border. Am I? Did I miss that? Yeah, I don't think it was too, it must not have been more than a day into okay. uh, Mexico. That's what I was trying to, I, that's what I was trying to make. By like, horse. I was like, San Francisco By is stagecoach. a good amount of way away from the Mexican border. 500 miles from Tijuana. Right, which it's not like you're hopping in your car and driving in a day. Like, you yeah. got your, he's got a stagecoach. Yeah, he hires a stagecoach to escort the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was something that I had to look up. I mm-hmm. was like, "Wait a minute, what's going on?" Right. Um, time warp. <laughs> so it, he does he does say that it takes it. He is expecting it to take him about two weeks. Oh, okay. So hmm. I mean, a week down there and a week back, I suppose, yeah. by stagecoach up to you know twelve to twelve to fourteen mm-hmm. days. Um. So Miguel is actually just afraid of his vendetta against his family, mm-hmm. which they still do not define, and. That actually makes him a target for body mutilation, and he's very concerned about his dead body. Mm-hmm. So he offers him, um, you know, he says, Paladin, I'd like to hire you plus, you know, a grand plus mm-hmm. expenses to make the uh, thousand mile journey to go down there and back. Mm-hmm. And we did course. the conversion. It's about $30,000 in today's money. Yeah. And then expenses okay. on top of that. Would you do that? Two weeks of work? Stagecoach? Hell yeah. Death? Um, Potentially? I mean, Okay, it, may, it depends on the risk factor. Yeah. Because at the time, it didn't seem like such a risky deal. Yeah. But, of course, you know, you're going into Mexico, and you're going to the border, and, right. uh, and you're on a horse, and you're carrying stuff. Right. Um, back in 1875, yeah. I imagine that could be pretty risky. Yeah. I mean, if and I was a payment spot, after the fact, which well, is interesting. payment when he gets there. Right. Didn't... Uh, uh, I wonder if he... I thought he paid him a little bit. Or no, he said that his... Uh, Tony Maria, who I mean, sent trust. him early, yeah. um, was going to... Was gonna pay for it. So him. she's ahead of him. She's she must be a couple days ahead of him. Yeah, she's gone now. Okay. So he's he's left dying alone in San wow, Francisco. Wow, sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what he wanted. He said, right. "I I think uh, what was he, he specifically had a quote. He says, uh, "Oh, I want to die unobserved." Hmm. Wow. So, something something smells fishy here. Yeah. And it's not just the bay. I'm not done with the wife. She's mm. she's she's coming back later. Oh, she's yeah. Well, yeah. Well, she's she's got a bill to pay. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, Paladin won't let. Yeah, he stuck her with a thirty thousand dollar bill. Does she know about this at this <laughs> point in time? Well, she know that he got attacked. She was there. Oh, yeah. And so my assumption is that uh, her and Doctor Mayhew knew, like, oh, okay, he's been poisoned, and yes, yep. he's gonna die. And so he was like, "Leave me, woman. I want to die in peace here in San Francisco, right. away from my home, even though I have about a week to live. Mm-hmm. And apparently, that's how long it would take to get home. Um, but yeah." And I'm I'm pic- trying to picture this. Uh, I mean, I travel to San Francisco a lot for work. Obviously, San Francisco looks a lot different today. 
I'm imagining this like 1870s San Francisco wooden structures, largely fishing town, port town. It's like the 1849ers gold rush. Yeah, and then the valley. You know what is what is the valley now? It's just Silicon Valley is California hills. Yeah, coming over to uh, Salinas and on down. Now take the coast. It's all um, two million dollar three bedroom uh, single story houses now. Different time, different place. Cool. All right, and uh, at this point, uh, let's just take a quick break. Of all reading filters, everybody um you know smoking's bad for your health i'm pretty sure that's proven do it do what you're gonna do but uh and i think it's interesting uh, as i was listening to those commercials I'm, I'm i'm not too familiar with recording technology from 1958 in the 50s but i mean they get like a full orchestra full band going can i tell a cigarette story here yeah I, i'm always fascinated with this. so my grandma my grandfather and my grandmother smoked and um Back in the day, the Surgeon General, this is, you know, back when it was good. And then the Surgeon General came out and said, no, cigarettes are bad. And they just quit cold turkey. Really? Like, just that day. Like, throw the cigarettes out. The Surgeon General said they're bad. Wow. And that blows my mind. One, to take, like, a public figure like that and just, like, trust him and be like, yep, I I trust. I, you know, even though I thought it was good for my whole life, I trust him. And then to be able to overcome the uh, the nicotine addiction, oh, which yeah. is a very tough addiction. Yeah, to they don't talk about it like, hey, they don't talk about it like it, like it was hard. It was I'm, cold turkey. I'm wondering if, if there was a difference in the um, nicotine. concentrations yeah, or, or something um, today. That's that's interesting. I like that you said that, too, because um, my, my grandfather, actually, it was my grandmother's third husband. Uh-huh. Uh, she outlived all three of them. Wow. God bless her soul. Man, she's a... Persistent. Yeah. She's a hard-hitting woman. Yeah. Um, uh, her third husband, um, Bud, his name was, uh, awesome, awesome guy. He was telling me a story. He was a plumber and, and kind of blue-collar worker, kind of like that back in the day. And he went in to buy a pack of Lucky Strikes, and the guy behind the counter, he him down on the counter, and he says, well, here you go. And he's like, you know, I went to the doctor the other day, and he said, if I keep smoking like this, I'm going to take years off my life. And Bud said, oh, okay. Uh, just kidding, and gave him back. Mm-hmm. Walked out the door, never smoked again. Wow. Same kind of thing. What? Yeah. Just cold turkey. They built people different back then. Oh, man. If I could be half the man, then... These two is the last thing. And then we'll get back to the story. Was. These two also, they came They came to Bozum to visit, drove out in their Toyota Highlander, like a 2010-12 Highlander. Oh, it's just like my parents. And, I, and I'm in the back. <laughs> I'm in the back. And I find this book. It's this ratty old book. Years old. And I open it up. And the first page is the date from the 70s, car mileage, gas, amount of gallons put in the tank. It was like a gas log. Oh, it was a log. From 40, 40 years ago. You don't do that? You don't keep those kind of records? For 40 years? Oh, man. Yeah, I bought a, I bought a new scooter last uh, last year. I've got a, a full whiteboard with all my gas fill-ups on, on wow. it. Wow. 
You're a better person than I am. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but anyways, I, I let's get back to, to the story. <laughs> People don't want to hear about us. I'm trying to trying to justify uh, spending the money on the scooter. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we we come back from the break mm-hmm. and we're back in the Carlton Hotel and we're uh, we're actually talking to Hey Boy and this is this is kind of um mm-hmm. I thought this was a good clip and and so I want to share with it. it. It's about uh, the news. It's uh, the current events in San Francisco at the time. Oh, big robbery in San Francisco. What did you say, hey boy? Big robbery in San Francisco. $230,000. Oh, very careless. You read? No, I was reading something else. Don Miguel Rojas, distinguished visitor from Mexico, died last night of knife wounds, suffered last week when he was attacked by an unidentified assailant while attending the opera. Okay, so, hey boy, and uh, Paladin, uh, apparently... Paladin is not paying attention in the news. Right. Hey, boy, told him, hey, did you see about this uh, $230,000 uh, robbery the other day? What do you think their relationship is Like what prior to this? Between who? Do you think Hey, boy, is Paladin's closest friend? Yes. You know? He's kind of like that sad. Like, he's got it all going on, but he doesn't really have any real friends. Like, he doesn't. I don't see him having, like, a buddy. I feel like Hey, boy, is his closest confidant yeah his, his his best interactions are are pretty much with the concierge of the hotel Maybe I'm jumping to things but no yeah uh, uh, that's a good question and mm-hmm. i and i i think time will answer that okay. question for you we'll wait have time we'll wait we we uh we we come back and hey boy is saying hey there's this two hundred thirty thousand dollar robbery paladin is um and saying, oh, well, I didn't see that, but I do know that uh, Don Miguel is dead, so I'm going to be taking off. Will you call mm-hmm. me a stagecoach and uh, get the undertaker in here? Um, I do want to point out, though, uh, $230,000 in 1875. That's a lot of money. $5 million. It's just over $5 million yeah. today. Hmm. So that's a huge heist. It's, it's going to be heavy, too. You know, that's not, that's not like you, you stole yeah. a debit card and it was like a hack. Dollar bills were huge back then. Right. Remember that? Yeah. You ever seen like uh, Titanic? Remember yeah. when he was pickpocketing? and the, the dollars, yeah, they were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so Can we also talk about that line too? Um, yes. I've hired a stagecoach. What do you think that process was like? Like, hey boy, like, hey boy, get me a stagecoach. Does he, does he go to the stagecoach rental shop? Does he go, where, where does he go? Yeah. This is something I don't understand about the old days. Well, because they introduce, they introduce his driver later, so he's got a driver. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's insignificant, mm-hmm. really, in the grand scheme of things. But, yeah, he, he's got a driver with a stagecoach, so I don't know if this is like he's got somebody that he brings with him mm-hmm. as his driver or... Uh, it's like a permanent Uber. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, it's like uh, it, it's like hailing a cab in San Fran. Hey, yeah. I'm trying to go to Mexico, and they're like, "Okay, they're like, yeah, two weeks, cool. Yeah, we'll do it. Let's do it." He's like, "I'll be back in twelve to fourteen days." Different times. He does, you know, he has to he has to get some stuff together uh, because he's taking a, a dead body. He's, mm. he's bringing Don Miguel home yep. at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he is talking to the Undertaker. So we introduce the Undertaker, who we um we hadn't met yet, but uh, the the Undertaker comes into into play here and he talks to dr mayhew and he's got the mortician sign off and everything like that so he's, he's got all these um pieces of paperwork and you know i thought it was kind of interesting um i don't have any idea what it would take to to cross a border today with a body if you're hmm. retrieving a, a body right. and bringing it home mm-hmm. i mean that that happens sometimes right um you know it makes me think of lost remember when you ever watch lost yeah and jack is bringing yeah, yeah, his, yeah. his dad home from australia yeah it's like Yep, throw them in the luggage compartment. That must cost a lot. I imagine. 
um, and well, paperwork. I'm imagining a lot of waiting in lines is what I'm thinking of. Oh, man. Like, that's what comes to mind. Customs must be terrible. Right. Do they look at it? Do they open it up and look at it? Um, in 1875, they didn't. But I think totally. it was optional. And and this is where I and actually want to... Two weeks in the California sun. Like, I'm guessing oh, this is summer. Yeah, it is not. Even if it was winter, it's warm in Southern yeah, California. True. Two weeks. Uh, Dead body. In a coffin. And probably uh, a pine box. I mean, on, we're not talking like yeah, these hermetically no. sealed boxes. No. On top of a stagecoach? Uh, on top of, on, on top. the back of, yeah. behind. And where did they stop? I have a lot of questions. I have a lot well, of questions. Well, they stopped it. Well, they were in San Francisco, so they, you know, they, yeah, they went they down. Two weeks on the road. Are they just pitching a tent on the side of the road? Are they yeah, stopping yeah, in hotels? It's, it's the old frontier, man. Okay. And then, you know, they probably stopped in L.A. Yeah. Uh, L.A. was a thing in 1875, yeah, right? true. Yeah. San Diego. Uh, Tijuana. Can you think about, I mean, think how interesting, there's a war going on on the other side of the country. How up to date do you think they were? I mean, it's thousands of miles apart. Information travels, what, as fast as a train goes? Yeah, as fast as a train. I mean, that sounds fast, like in 1875 terms. You're like, it's as fast as a freight train. Right, right. It sounds fast, but that's still weeks. I mean, the information that you're listening to this podcast that you just downloaded in, in seconds. Right. Imagine if this podcast took you two weeks to get from... Uh, one side of the country to the other, right. so you can listen. To the Civil War is going on, and do they know about it? Like, do well, the, Paladin do, is a veteran a vet, actually, of point. the Civil True. War. True, and uh, you know, news. The Pony Express actually, um, that is most likely. I've listened uh, listened about the uh, the Pony Express and done some research, and they mm-hmm. could actually. I think it was like four days. I could get uh, something from hmm. one side of the country to the other, right? Because the Pony Express was so efficient. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So much faster than a freight train. And do you think people in California had a side? Were, were they for the north? Were they for the south? Were they bipartisan? Were they... They just were there for the gold. Man. Right. Did they care? They're mining. I don't think they cared. Did they? they? No. The I country's mean, at war. Hey, it's at civil war. The civil war is, is was a huge war about race. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, you're employing Hayboy in the Carlton Hotel. Right. I mean, it was a different time. Let's be honest. It was right. 1875, and uh, things are... Um, you know, trying to get in the mindset. Hopefully, better now. Yeah, but uh, I have the logistical questions. Yeah, you know, anyways. totally. <laughs> I, I, we got to answer these things. Those right. are those are those are important. Somebody who's familiar with the time, please. How does this? You know, how does let us know stack how this works. up to today? I'll play the dumb card. I don't care. That's good. Uh, I'm supposed to be the dummy here. I invited you to be the smart one. Oh, and we well, are. You in got trouble. it backwards. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So he he gets to the border though, and and this was this was fun. Mm-hmm. We got a, uh, a clip here of. Mr. Paladin mm-hmm. crossing the border with a dead body. Yep. You can't take a dead body across the border. Yes, I can. There's a statute book. Read Article 8, page 14. You want to inspect the coffin? Open that thing up? Oh, not me. All right, sir. And he's like, you can go. There's a statute book. Yeah. Right. Not even like the statute book. There is one. Oh, yeah. It, uh, you, you get that from the newsstand next to the stagecoach rental. Yeah. No problem. And he knows the page. Like he's, well, I guess paragraph. he's had two year, two weeks to think about this. Well, he's a savant. True. Or a, a bon, a bon, bon yeah, vivant. Bon vivant. Oh, I'm going to have to look that you one up again. Bon vivant. My wife speaks French Is and she? uh, she's going to um, hurt me if I uh, got that one. Check the statute book. I thought that was fascinating. I wonder what that book said. So he's like, yeah, you want to, you know, I, I looked at the statute book. So if you just spout some statutes and right. say, look at the dead body, uh, whoever's there is going to be like, it's no. casual. Got waved him on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go for it. Uh, I, I think it's fun. Uh, the border guy actually comes back up later. Right. Um, 
So he, oh, he has a quick conversation with him too, because you were asking about like where do they stop? You know, mm-hmm. they got to water the horses. They got to mm-hmm. got to do all that stuff. Uh, he, he has a quick question. He's like, hey, you know, where um, what's between here and uh, San Tomasino, and basically just a single watering hole. Mm. It's like, yeah, there's a single watering hole about halfway, so you can stop and water your horses. A couple days ride. Now, well, see, this pretty is pretty close. They made it sound like it was maybe a day or a half day's ride hmm. um, from the border. So it really wasn't that Pretty far close. over. So maybe it was actually just uh, a suburb of uh, Tijuana before yeah. you know, Tijuana got got big. Um, so they head off to the watering hole. What do you suppose happens next? Oh, a little, uh, little gunfight, I think. Got a little action going. Bandits. Classic. Every time I go to Tijuana... Cross the border with a dead body. You ever done that before? It's pretty fun. Crossing the... I've never. Uh, well, you know, I'm not going like, to go looking for a dead body, but if I have one, I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to just be like, you know what? I'm going to see what Would you take... Pick. Question of the day. Would you take $30,000 stagecoach two weeks to transport a body across the border? I suppose I'd have to go to Canada from here. Totally legal. You're not getting in trouble. Yeah. Canada would be a lot closer. But am I going to get attacked by bandits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like how I was trolling every Montana town from here to Canada? Being like, yes, yes, yep, no, 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 yes, no. I'm I'm trying to decide if it's a, a, a bad thing to mention Browning or something. <laughs> <laughs> Go easy on Browning. So, yeah, there's a scuffle. Um, and Timmons, uh, who gets pretty much just an honorable mention in this, mm-hmm. is the driver of the stagecoach. Bandits, bandits kill him. Mm-hmm. But they leave Paladin alive. Right. I'm just picturing those, uh, and again, I'm going back to that that drive down, that stagecoach drive down, and just him and Timmons talking, you know, just, yeah. just shooting the shit for <laughs> hours on end. <laughs> like, yeah, there's some more sagebrush. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, Salinas looks nice this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> right. What? Watch out for that rattlesnake, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know. Classic. Him and Timmons, they'd have to be tight. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Hey, I'm hiring you to go on the road right. with me. For Instant two weeks. friend right there. You'd know everything about a person. Two weeks stagecoach. Yep. So I don't know. Um, this is the big reveal. This uh, there's Timmons dies. They're stuck at the watering hole. Mm-hmm. I feel like you got to hear this. You gonna play it? This is I'm gonna play it. Okay. I I can't say it out loud. I can't do the big it justice. Reveal. The big reveal. Seems I know you from somewhere. Quite possibly. If I take off the handkerchief, you might remember where. Don Miguel, of course. You're not a bad shot for a corpse. Don Miguel, he's still alive. That poison wasn't nearly as strong as they thought. But isn't he supposed to be in the coffin? Okay, there's a lot of logistical questions I have, okay? Lay them on us. Let's let's see if we can figure Two it out. Two weeks in a coffin? <clears throat> he was there. No, he ambushed. He was one of the bandits. Oh, who was in the coffin? Or would that have been the assailant? No. Who is in the coffin? This is the see. This is where I'm trying to. This, this was the reveal was that Don Miguel is alive. Yeah, and let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsor, Lysol. Okay, and they're not really sponsored. Just for the record, it's just an old school commercial. It's fun. <laughs> it has the fresh, clean scent of pine. It's new. It's at your store. What is it? It's the best disinfectant anywhere. Kills disease germs on contact. It's Lysol in a new pine scent. Right. Now there's a new pine-scented Lysol. 
We're back. Yeah, Don Miguel is alive. He was at the watering hole hmm. to answer that question. And this is when, of course, like every good bad guy in, I mean, when I say good bad guy, I mean every um, Alan Rickman from Die Hard explains his whole plan right. before Classic. he pulls the trigger. They always have enough time for that. Yeah. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have you dig your own grave. And while you're digging your own grave, I am going to, that's what Don Miguel does. He, mm-hmm. he, he's pointing a gun at Paladin. Paladin's dragging the shovel and he's going to bury Timmons and himself, apparently. And uh, he's like, yeah, let me just let me just tell you my my whole plan right here. And um, Miguel was actually behind the robbery. Hmm. Again. Hat. So who's in the coffin? The money. The money's in the coffin. The money's in the coffin. And he was just hanging out the whole time. Paladin. They never opened it up. It was nailed shut. Yes. They never looked in because they didn't they, oh, question, I don't want to look in. They didn't question the, the lack of smell over the course of two weeks. They've been on the road for seven days out in the hot <laughs> desert. Nobody wants to open that thing up, right? And so this was this was it. I mean, if if Paladin had a clue, he would have been like, "I'm not, I'm not taking this down there, right? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna keep the money here." And right. Miguel's whole plan is foiled. But uh, right, there's a lot. Yeah, okay, go on. So so he's they're bantering. They're on the desert and they're bantering and. Uh, Paladin's quizzing him mm-hmm. because he's you know he's gonna come out on top because there's another episode next week right and uh, and so so he's sharing his whole plan and he's basically like hey uh, how did you do it oh well of course Doctor Mayhew and the mortician were in on it mm-hmm. um, I'm s- so confused as to why he bothered sharing his plan he had Paladin at gunpoint he had the stagecoach he had the money he just had to get home. Hubris. I mean, just pure. You ever had like a good prank and you, you just have to, you, you just, do it and then you have to like tell, you have to tell how you did it. <laughs> like that's, that's the like quintessential piece of a good prank. Yeah. I, uh, because then yeah. you want people to say, wow, God, how'd you think about that? How did you do that? How'd you come up with that? But if they were like a threat to my livelihood. True at the point. I'd be like close up that loose end well, that's immediately where, that's where he went wrong right totally did but this then, wasn't a prank it wasn't like haha i he, robbed the payroll for a rush killed paladin nobody would be there to listen to hear his good you know yeah to hear it's not about the money corpse it's about the journey you yes. know that <laughs> that's that's my takeaway miguel is like i am so smart right <laughs> i have made this whole plan mm-hmm. uh so there's a, there's a pretty good um exchange about the setup and I, I want to play one more clip for okay. you here from uh, uh, about the setup here and, and Don Miguel's perspective on how the whole thing went down. When you staged that attack at the opera, what about the man who was killed? The man was hired to play a part. I changed the ending of his scene. <laughs> no wonder he looked surprised. You cannot play chess without sacrificing pawns. Chess reference. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So that was the, um, uh, the the guy who attacked him at the opera who he shot. Uh, was hired. To it, stab him. Yeah. But non-lethally. Uh, apparently. He was yeah. hired to attack him and and cut him with a poison knife. Right. So my thought was like, how did that guy think he was going to get away with so it? So the doctor was in on it. The doctor was in on it. Yeah. The mortician was in on it. But if Miguel didn't shoot him, he would have gotten arrested Gone to jail, something. Maybe he didn't press charges. I don't know if, how it worked back then. Yeah. Was it? Or, or help him escape into the desert. Right. I think, yeah, you could just escape. Nobody would see you ever again. So he, he cleaned up that loose end. Mm-hmm. 
but he just paid off the doctor and the mortician, the mortician, okay. uh, instead of cleaning up that loose end. I, I think. wonder how much they got. They had to get uh, a good cut, right? To yeah. cover up five mil. I feel like you can, once, once somebody reveals their plan, mm-hmm. I feel like then you have the power over them. Yeah. Or, or, you know, maybe he, maybe he kept it compartmentalized. True. It was just like, I'm only I need stealing $500,000 or, or he didn't even say I was going to steal money. He's just like, I need you to help me fake my debt. True. Oh yeah. And then he's like, I'll we'll pay you handsomely. Marriage. Here's yeah. $500. True. True. I don't think he wanted to get out of his marriage. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I never caught any ill will okay. from him towards his wife. Oh. Paladin, I mean, on the other hand, he should have been jealous of Paladin from the yeah. get-go and killed him the first yeah. second he had. I mean, he could have, you know. And how did, how did he know he was going to run into Paladin? How Who was he going to have cart his body back down to uh, Mexico to begin with? I mean, if it wasn't for Paladin ogling his wife. Right. Because his wife hired Paladin. Yeah. Well, his, his he gave his card to Miguel's wife, Doña mm-hmm. Maria, and she then gave it to Miguel. Mm-hmm. Miguel says, yes, I'll hire you. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I want you to take my body back uh, undesecrated. And uh, See, that makes me think he's getting more out of just teasing Paladin and the journey of it than the actual money. It's like, it's like, was he intentionally setting up Paladin? You knew he was kind of a ladies' man, and you knew he had this hot wife, right. and he was like, I'm going to... He wanted to play him. Like it's a it's a revenge. It's not about the money. It's a revenge thing. There's no there's no indication that these guys have a history together. We just he it, hit on his wife. Yeah, like immediately he's like, that's, that's the guy I'm taking. Yeah, out. he's <laughs> like, that's the man. I I was gonna do this differently, but tomorrow I am gonna screw over Paladin. Yeah, that was, that that is, that was his plan. <laughs> to the whole no focus of this. Change the plan. He came back to the drawing board. Com- Anyways, completely. And uh, then yeah, sacrifice the pawn. So there's our our excellent chess reference. Um, and so uh, here they are in the desert. Paladin is digging his own grave. Mm-hmm. Miguel has a gun pointed at him. Mm-hmm. And somehow, someway, Paladin overtakes Miguel with Classic. the shovel. One whack. Miguel's dead. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just well, well, well placed. Well placed. Curtains. Huh. Yeah. And uh, this is where Paladin responds with. Checkmate. Another Boom. chess reference. Miguel's out. Signature move. So now what? He's... um. Got a coffin full of money. Full of money in Mexico. Yeah. Bandits about. True. Granted, apparently they're not a big deal. I mean, Timmons uh, was just an unfortunate sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, so he, he turns around, heads back to the border. And um, he meets up with Do- Doña again. Well, well, he does, yeah. But first he goes back to the border. And, okay. Because he, he, I think what he says is um, he wants to hand the body over. So he's he actually, he it was, it was, it was a good... It's not worth a clip, but uh, it was it was a good interaction. He goes back to the border. Yep. The border guy's like, "What are you trying to pull here?" You know, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, "I thought you were transporting a corpse. You still have a coffin on there." And he's like, "I do have the coffin, and I have a body." What are you talking about? And this is just so. Cool. Is the body laying on top of the money at this point? He put the body in the stagecoach. Oh. And then he's like, look, there's a bunch of money in the coffin. And the guy's like, what? And he's like, help me open this. Okay. So now he opens it and yeah. there's money in the coffin. He waited to open it till then. And now he's got a dead rotting corpse in his stagecoach yeah, out in the hot Mexico sound. desert. Yeah. <laughs> the guy lives a very unpalatable life. So he hands the body and the money over to like a U.S. Marshal at the border. Says, take this back to San Francisco. So Don Miguel is now headed back to San Francisco as a dead man. Mm-hmm. And he... Has to come up with some cunning trickery, and he, he employs the help of the border guard. Could you imagine? Can we pause there for a second? Yes. Could you imagine being the like beat officer or like newbie officer that gets put on transporting 
200 what 230,000. Like yeah. 5 million dollars essentially in today's money and a corpse from the border of Mexico <laughs> to San Francisco. <laughs> like talk about a dangerous job, right? Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> like don't stop, just stagecoach bandits till you reach San Francisco. Yeah. One of those uh well, I mean they they had those stagecoaches back in the day that would just go and go and go and go I and guess. go. They wouldn't stop for anything. I guess. I don't know. Or at least that's the way it's been portrayed in some... Man, those uh, horses were fantastic. Like, extraordinary animals. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, you don't have stuff like that now. Yeah. Now you just have, like... Autonomous know. vehicles. Yes. Hey, they don't have to stop either. They're well-trained. True. Um, so he, he's, like... He devises a cunning plan to go down with the border guard to uh, see if Doña Maria was in on it. Mm-hmm. What did you get from that? You know, I, I thought... It, I thought... I think he... I think he kind of wants to pick her up. Like I think, <laughs> that I was think, my thought. I was like, I think he's got a crush on her. And I, it's like, well, Don Miguel's out of the picture. Let's go see right. if she's interested. In like he immediately hits on her. Just no, no, like grace period. No respectful time frame. Well, he wanted to get paid, but a- actually, he he goes down there and and he's like, no. I mean, he does meet up with her, and mm-hmm. he's like, nah, don't worry about the money. Yeah, it's like, dude, you just wasted two weeks. Yeah. Does where did Paladin get his money? He's a stockbroker. Yeah, but you need money to play that game. Uh, he, uh, you know, is his pension from the Civil War? I guess so. Worked out well for him. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, uh, poker. Played poker. And doesn't isn't he like he basically leaves her and just says like get in touch, right? Yeah, he he heads well. He heads down there and and um, <clears throat> uh, tries to decide if he if she's innocent, and um, he confronts her and and she's really just she's not like grieving at all, mm-hmm. and um, so. Uh, I think she's involved somehow. She was in on it. Well, what what he does is uh, he sends the uh, okay. I made a mistake here. He he sends the money back to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The corpse stays with him mm-hmm. because he takes it down with the border guard and says, "Miss Doña Maria, can you please identify and mm-hmm. confirm this is your husband?" And she opens it up and she's like, "Yep, that's no him. reaction, just very casual, like, yep, yeah." There's no grief, right? Uh, and so he confronts her on that. So he sends the, the border guard and him are kind of whispering. And was like, what do you think? And he's like, well, I think she's innocent. Uh, cause you know, she wasn't surprised to see her husband who she expected to be alive dead. Hmm. You know, she opens a coffin, she goes through with it, like expecting to see a dead man in there. Mm-hmm. So she, she didn't know. And, and, but it turns out, I think she lets on that she did know mm-hmm. and that her, um, her marriage to Don Miguel was a bit more of a prison See, so there See? is something going on there. I she's unhappy. She was unhappy. She wanted out. This is her out. And she's like, "This is great." I'm surprised she didn't just jump on the stagecoach right. and ride happily into the sunset with Paladin. Right. Doesn't end there. It it basically was like, "Hey, get in touch," wasn't it? That's yeah. what. I, yeah. Let me know if you're back up in San Francisco. I'll take you to the opera. Yeah, which I think is funny because there's a room key. Can you met again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> room three hundred four. Um, I think it's. I, I think hey boy, I'll show you yeah, the way. Hey boy, will know. Um, I guess that I was trying to think about that because I, I was trying to think of that day and age coming across somebody and being like, for most people being like, yeah, I'll never see them again. Right. That was the only time I saw them. There's no Facebook, no Facebook, no Instagram, no, no tweeting. It's not even like a bat signal. Yeah. Right. No, like, Hey, let me write down your phone number. Pen pal. 
Pen pal. Best you got. The Carlton Hotel, room 304. Yeah. I sat still for six hours to send you this picture. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Selfies were a different thing back then. No, it's a little risque. I'm showing a little ankle, but... <laughs> <laughs> My bloomers are showing. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I thought that was funny. Like, hey, you get in touch. Yeah. Such a maverick move. I'll never see you again. Well, he maybe. Does, he totally plants the seed, though. Sure. I mean, he, he, you know, he, he's planting the seed. And he's like, come on back up to San Francisco. Yeah, but he's not relationship material. You see the background on this no, guy? He's not. not no. Tony Maria sent, shows up. And he's says, a Don, pilot, and I'm here for he's you. He's a Don Draper before Don Draper was a thing. You this know, is, this is this is the Don Draper. Yes. Yeah. You know, he was okay. Yeah. I I I accept. I accept. So, I mean, this is pretty much the end of the show. I mean, you think this this they could have wrapped it up here, but uh, mm-hmm. there was still a couple loose ends to la- uh, wrap up in San Fran. So he goes up to talk to the um, Doctor Mayhew, who joined him at the opera. <laughs> And declared Miguel dead and the Undertaker, who we now know, or the mortician, um, who we now know are uh, were paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, how he confronts them is absolutely priceless. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling, without ever listening to any more episodes, this is like his tagline. And you probably heard it at the intro of the show. So I'm going to play it for you now. Please do. I'd like to order a coffin. A coffin? For whom? For whichever of you gentlemen makes the first move. Well, I... This is a derringer in case identification escapes you. Hey, boy. Mr. Paladin? Get me a policeman. On second thought, get me two policemen. One apiece. The wrapping up of the loose ends, and then we have... One more really good exchange with um, uh, Hey Boy mm-hmm. that I want to I want to close out with, and, okay. then, and then we can um, we can talk about any uh, outstanding questions we have. Deal. All right. Now, what's the matter with you? Last time you go to opera, man get killed, money gets stolen, oh, big trouble. You no learn? <laughs> of course I learn. What would you have me do? No opera, no lady. <laughs> hey boy, I'm afraid you have a lot to learn. Mm. A little patronizing. <laughs> I'll say you're just the hotel bellman. You very astute and accurate observations, but yeah, I was a bellman. People were disrespectful. Were they? Yeah. Hmm. You know, can we talk about that? Really nice. This is a derringer. If the name escapes you, line. How do I work that into my daily vocab? Like I'm trying to. Think of, well, you need to. You need yeah. to carry a derringer around yeah. with you and have somebody <laughs> like, look at it. That confusingly. would be that. This is an This is. I'm thinking. This is an iPhone. In case the name escapes you, you know. Like I'm trying to think of how I work this in. Like to my. I want to have a tagline like that. I okay. think that's so cool. Uh, you're you're in sales, aren't you? Yeah. So you probably have to hand people a pen once in a while and a contract. No, it's all electronic. Oh, it's all. DocuSign. This is a DocuSign in case the name escapes. That is <laughs> the show. Be... The show is brought to you by DocuSign, by the way. Uh, the I... go-to leader. No, we can't. Say uh... The go-to leader in contract uh, fulfillment. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Cut I wonder out. if my company would get mad if I. Uh... Oh, sorry about that. No, I... doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> we all have day jobs. Nobody's right. listening to this, anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, email us if you've ever used DocuSign. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got no beef with the program as long Use as you don't Use code have gun will travel for 10% discount on DocuSign. <laughs> HDWT. <laughs> uh for your first website on websitesrus.com. Uh, but is there an opportunity like I mean, I'm going to think about this. I, I need a tagline like that. I'd love to work in something like that somewhere in my daily vocab. 
and have people take it seriously, which is 90% of the battle. You know, we, we didn't really talk about your background um, outside of the sales uh, position oh, and yeah. in, in the, yeah. the tech world that uh, you and I both live in, actually. Yeah. Um, you do some improv comedy. Yeah. You do some performances. Yes, I do. So, uh, you know, I imagine there's an opportunity there. But then, you know, you can't plan so far ahead. True, especially with the improv. Yeah, I mean, being my coach, I'm sure you could be like, "No, that's dumb. Don't don't play in lines. That's a terrible idea." We all do it. I know. Let's be honest. I, I do. I run a Rolodex every time I yeah. uh, I'm on my way to class. Yep. I probably shouldn't. It's good to you know fill the subconscious full of those things. Um, so I think you'll come up with it. Um, you know, hey, welcome to podcasting. This is a microphone. If you're yeah, totally. Oh, wait, how's that line go again? This is, if you're if you're unfamiliar, <laughs> this is a microphone. In case the name escapes you. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, my other favorite line. Are we talking about vocabulary? Right yeah. Now? My other favorite What are your line, other thoughts? What do you like about this show? Any false Anything move goes. will shorten your life. Casual death threat. Like death threats were a lot more. We just threw them around like. Well, Timmons died and it was like, oh, yeah. there goes my driver. Yeah. Uh, the stagecoach company is going to take that out of my deposit. Death was just so much more acceptable. Like it wasn't, it didn't, no one was phased by death at all. Well, the show. defending your honor and duels and I mean, were people still dueling in 1875? I'm sure. You know? I'm sure in some backwoods Montana town. <laughs> or back, <laughs> and back then it was the, you know, it was the wild west. Right. Wyoming right. and California and right. Nevada, all of it. Um, you know, what else, what else you got? What did you, what did you like about this show? So, I mean, the show wrapped up. We traveled. Up. Look how far we went. We, like, I mean, talk about a lot of imagery when I was sitting and listening to it with my eyes closed. A lot of like vibrant imagery. We go from the hotel. Yeah. Old hotel, San Francisco. I'm picturing like Mark Twainy, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. You know, petticoats. Mm -hmm. Wait, is that right? Petticoats? Yeah. yeah. And to the opera, yeah. high class, mm -hmm. upper, upper crust. Yeah, he's got his own box. He's got his own box, so he's in the Lincoln Suite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and too soon. Uh, no, no, I, I, I think we're good. <laughs> I think, I think the statute of limitations has <laughs> passed. It's over a hundred years. Oh man! And um, and then we're on the road. We're in a stagecoach, traveling the basically a, a good portion of California, to Half the, of it. to the desert of Mexico. A lot of good imagery there. Um, the characters obviously very, how do I put it? Very different, which helps you from a radio capacity separate them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Very Sounded different, acted different, different accents. Right. Which, for better or worse. Yeah. For, I was going to say for better or worse on that for sure. Cause, uh, <clears throat> you know, some of them were a little, uh, a little, uh, rougher on the edges mm -hmm. for the time. But, um, and I mean, here's the thing is this was broadcast in 1960. Uh, or 1958. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that was the rendition that they had. Even though they were they were they were doing a throwback to 18, 1875, the accent for "Hey Boy" was done in 1958. Hmm. So it's like, even in 1958, they believed that this script and this um, portrayal of a uh, a hotel worker was was completely legitimate. I, I hmm. was a little, you know, I was a little turned off. I, I laugh at it a little bit just because it's like, man, I. You know, look how far we've come. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it was like, wow, that was that was really, really racist. Yeah, uh, blatantly so. It was probably one of the most racist portrayals I've come across in any of the shows that I've listened to right. so far. I've listened to a lot. Huh. I wonder if it was the audience. Do you think the audience had anything to, like a certain type of audience liked westerns? 
it was more acceptable. Maybe there, I mean, there resonated with their worldview. Well, if you look at it too, there's this, um, you know, the, the railroads were built by, um, immigrant workers Mm -hmm. from, from, you know, the far East from Mm -hmm. Asia and everything like that. A lot of Chinese workers and everything. And so, you know, my assumption is that he's probably, um, tied into that somehow. And San Francisco was, um, I think known to have a lot of an immigrant population. Mm -hmm. It still does. And, and so it, it just seemed, acceptable to portray him that way Mm -hmm. and it's not like they're doing it today as a um you know there's an episode of the simpsons where Krusty the clown kind of puts on the uh fake uh they're they're making a mockery of Mm -hmm. the um mickey rooney rendition from breakfast at tiffany's have you ever seen that Mm -mm. Uh, it's on my to-do list classic just i mean just look at just just google the image okay and and you'll see it it's just really you know the buck teeth and like, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the crusty version of it. Yeah, yeah. And like, this is a, a blatant uh, rendition of that. And and I don't, I didn't, I didn't look up the timeline, so I don't know which came first. But it's just something that was that really stuck out. To it me. is, yeah. And at the time, I mean, we're talking the fifties, late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, right? um, Thing, you know, we'd like to say we live in a progressive country. Yeah, but we did at least until twenty sixteen, <laughs> seventeen. Um, <laughs> we don't have to get political. Yeah. We're not here to be political. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, back to the story. Uh, let's talk about this, this heist for a minute. Mm -hmm. We, we kind of poke some holes in it, but, um, I think that the, the, he had a really good premise and I think that Miguel could have gotten away with it, but he was sloppy. Yeah. I talk about a risky plan in general. You can't get blamed for something if they think you're dead. Right. They're not going to think that you did the robbery. Yeah, do you think it's risky? Do you think he was very smart? Like, up until the point where he started explaining himself, and then he got whacked in the head with a shovel. I'm surprised he didn't have goons to do it for him. Yeah. Like, why was he doing his own dirty work? Totally. Um, but, you know, Paladin killed his other bandit. Timmons died, so... He did take a knife for it. That's pretty... That's commitment. Yeah? In probably a, a convincingly vital area. Sounds like he was... To have Paladin believe it. Yeah, well, the poison. Oh, that's right. What was interesting is that they made mention of it and it never came up again. Was that's it was a right. plant-based poison? I'm sure they were writing it, and somebody's like, "Wait, Paladin would have known whether it's a vital, you know, fatal <laughs> or non-fatal stab. How poison do we cover knife. that? Poison the knife, you poison know, the, <laughs> like, poison the knife. They had to go re-record that section, yeah, because somebody caught that loophole. Uh, what I'm going to do actually after this is um, I'm going to go watch the uh, the show. Yeah, because they actually did this show this episode as a they TV recreated. Show. I was yeah. wondering that too. This was the okay. sixth episode in the uh, series oh, uh, on TV. So there's some backstory to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite part? I mean, it's stuff that stuck out to you, things you really liked, you didn't like. I think that. Um, well, I really liked the idea of the heist. I thought it was a, a good premise, and I thought like using that premise in a modern day society i think mm-hmm. you could make a really cool story yeah um and i bet it's been done in some shows and stuff like yeah. that but i bet you could have a really good story um i just watched a movie like this with liam neeson in it oh what was the name of that he fakes his own death has his wife do the robbery and commit the crime mm. somebody with liam neeson somebody call in we don't have call in oh, uh going to the phones <laughs> going to Shoot. the phones now we got a caller on line three yeah go ahead <laughs> what do you know um but there's a movie, uh, basically a very similar format that just came out. It reminds me a little bit of the movie The Inside Man <coughs> with Clive Owen. Have you ever uh, seen that uh-uh. one? He actually goes in and builds himself into a uh, into the back of a bank and like puts up a fake wall, hmm. and then he lives behind the fake wall for a while. It's cool. Wow. I, I That's commitment. Of, spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh-oh. Oh well. The wall is fake. That's an old. Uh, <laughs> the movie's been out too long. Oh boy. That's your fault. Um, okay, here. Um, 
here's here's what I thought it was a little bit dumb, I and mean, this is back to the to the way that Miguel was sloppy about the heist. Uh, always wrap up your loose ends. Yeah, Doctor Mayhew and the Undertaker. Okay, he killed the guy in the theater. Why did he leave Doctor Mayhew and the Undertaker alive? Too many he, connections. He could have gotten could have gotten off scot free if he had just killed those guys and killed Paladin. But then again, hey, we wouldn't have had a, a story. doctor is pretty well respected. I I feel like would have too many. A well respected doctor is willing to take a bribe. He could have. He, he made his own death look like know. an accident. True. He could have. The doctor. I think that he seems kind of harmless. Hey, I don't fake my death. He's going back to Mexico anyways. Yeah, true. I don't know. Uh, kill the hero when you have the chance instead of lay down your master plan. True. You're gonna root for the bad guy at least. True. But hey, man, Paladin Been there before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've gotten thwarted because you didn't kill the hero when yeah. you had the chance. Just it, I had to explain my prank. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to stop. the best part of the prank. Couldn't explain everything. Is ex- explaining the genius behind you see, it. Yeah, put saran wrap across the door <laughs> yeah. so when you ran into it, it would be funny. Yeah. Um, let's see. We talked about our stereotypes. Um, what did you think of the 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 sort of Spanish Mexican accents? Did you have any thoughts there? That's interesting because I was just thinking about that as you brought up the Hey Boy accent because they definitely have a thick you know accent over the top of english you know yeah accent to their english it it sounded a bit more authentic to me right i don't want to say that though and somebody be like are you kidding me this is i know i'm filtering myself i'm like where's that line i've got a okay i'm from minnesota so i who am i to call it an accent right and if i was just thinking about that because if we like if you saw a minnesotan character Think Fargo. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. I thought, yeah. Even though Fargo's in North Dakota. And Again, maybe it's the power dynamic because Hey Boy, I mean, he doesn't even use his name. It's Hey Boy. Hey Boy. Mixed with the fact that he's entirely patronizing the whole time. Yeah. It, they, Plus the just over the top accent where it's like. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Mr. Powden. Oh, You're like, oh. I, yeah, just no I backbone. Feel, I feel a little dirty doing it. Doing an impression there. Yeah. It is interesting where we push that into an offensive realm and where it's just it's comical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the problem that I have is they were doing it seriously. True. They weren't doing it to be funny. True. I don't think they were. Right. If somebody was doing it now to make fun of white people in the sixties portraying Asians, that's funny. Is hmm. it right? Isn't it? You're saying we're making a mockery of ourselves. Now. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I, enough. I, Fair enough. You I, get, you got to go. You gotta I got my four accents. I use in improv and I stick to those. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's hear them. <laughs> no, <laughs> not doing them right now. I had one last piece. Can I talk about it? Can we talk yeah. about the, the Any, sound? Anything else you want to add? Uh, I thought it was interesting. I felt like the mic was on Paladin's lapel the whole time. Like, I feel like he was the strongest voice in the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because it put me in his perspective more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it is kind of like a first person from Paladin's perspective, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, that's a good point. And you hear some of the other characters; they sound distant, like he's he's standing right. there talking to them. Right. Okay. Minor uh, note. Yeah, so, no, that's something I thought was interesting. The the production is um, <clears throat> something I I want to get more into that and discuss mm-hmm. it, but uh, there's so much in the um, content of the show right. that I get bogged down, and I mean. I know. Are you really going to listen to another hour of us talking about the uh, sound effects and how this works for a 25-minute show? Elliot wants me to wrap it up. No. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm okay. I got all night. All right. Well, let's talk about the sound effects. So there were gunshots. How do you think they made the gunshot sounds? And then there was the stagecoach sounds. I mean, let's, let's just... It's the olden in. days. I'm literally picturing them like shooting a gun into a box and being like, <laughs> whoops. Bang. Like, <laughs> Cover your ears. Hey, intern. 
go you know record a gun sound and, and they use like they don't even like they use like a like a in, hammer on a big piece of metal a lot know, maybe or um do you have a second you can i tell you a little, little story about how i got inspired to i don't do i actually this? got something coming up i gotta uh, oh no, go okay it. i'll just i'll just record it and i'll like splice <laughs> in previous go. discussion right, right. From earlier. <laughs> make it sound like you're still in the room so um I was listening to this podcast and I'm going to call them out. It's reply all. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's a great podcast. Yep. And they actually talked about how all of these, um, old time radio shows are available mm-hmm. within that episode. They also had a segment, um, that was done by the person who wrote their theme song mm-hmm. and talked about how they actually made the sounds that they use in their jingle for the opening. And there's like yep. a sound of like a bottle, uh, a, a glass breaking. And I mean, they were literally like, yeah, it was just a glass breaking. And this one was a mason jar full of pennies that I rolled across right. the table and recorded right. it. And it was really interesting. And then I was like, hmm. And, and that's what made me go start listening to a couple of old time mm-hmm. radio shows. So, you know, props to Reply All, Game What Media. Um, guys, the show's for sale if uh, you're interested in uh, bringing me on board. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't Close Your Eyes Live Radio Theater was the name of the Bozeman Live Radio Theater. Starring um, Ryan. Um, Ryan Lawrence Flynn does some. Casabaugh. Yep. Ryan Casabaugh. Keith and I know uh, our friend Bennett yep. uh, Dozik has been in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is good. A lot of the local actors here. This is this is a perfect place to um, transition. Uh, anything we want to plug? Um, don't close your eyes. Check it don't out. Don't close your eyes. They've got so many episodes. Yeah, they've got tons. It's cool. It Go. Yeah, listen to them. Just like I mean, it's it is an art form in itself, mm-hmm. both live and listening over the radio. I th- I think the actual production of it. I'd love to go see one live. That sounds awesome. I, I mean, I. The, I, I thought it was fascinating to, to see how they made those noises. That that was that was the coolest part for me. I'm sure some people will find other parts really fascinating, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, go watch it live and then listen to it later because you'll realize there was so much you missed just because you're trying to pay attention to the production. Wow. Which is cool and entertaining in itself. Yeah. Um, and, and come back and listen to it. They're great writers, great stories, uh, very similar. It, yeah, it's like you're peering back to the... To it's, the, it's a reincarnation of, uh, of yeah. an old art form, yeah. and, and it's way cool. And we and we actually absorb so much more. Uh, I feel like I now absorb so much more audio content mm-hmm. than I do video content. Yeah, because it's something I can do while I'm doing other things. Totally. You know, it's like I'm cleaning, the, I'm doing the dishes, and I'm listening yeah. to podcasts. It's great. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to plug? Um, since we're talking about uh, uh, don't close your eyes and all that, um, let's all. I, I just want to plug the Verge. That's totally. Where, um, Check out your local production at the Verge Theater. Verge Theater, yeah, that's where Justin and I met. Uh, he was my improv level two teacher, uh, so I still got a lot to learn. For me. Yeah, fortunately for you, fortunately for me, and now there here we, we are. Yeah, so this, fun. Is great. this has been a fun collab. Uh, check them out. You can check them out online at the Verge uh, Theater.com. Verge Theater.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And typical shows, you know, Friday, Saturday night, um, improv twice a month on Monday nights, and we have a whole host of events coming up. So check out the calendar. If you don't like one show, check out the next one. We've got everything for everybody kind of thing. Um, and it's fun. It's a really fun community. I love it. Of course, I'm a big part of it and spend a lot of time there. Yeah. And uh, I get a lot out of it. And that's the greatest part. Absolutely. Um, I, I just recently got involved last summer, and it's, and it's been uh, one of the greatest things that led to doing this podcast. Led awesome. A lot of cool, fun things. Um, I'll post uh, you know links on um, oldtimefuturefunhour.com so you can get over there. Um, I'll make some posts. We do uh, a free wrap-up at the end of every improv show uh, season. Um, the demo. The yep. demo for the yep. class. Those, those you doing the level three? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, We're combined with level two because we didn't have enough people. That's right. Back. But uh, I'm excited. And we got a new teacher and yep. um, hopefully you'll hear her on the uh, podcast sometime in the future. Got out of the iron grip of Justin Bartels, huh? Oh, and uh, <laughs> Stephen, uh, Stephen Harris. Harris Weil. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, maybe maybe uh, gonna get, maybe maybe you can help me get him on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I want to just go to Facebook, check us out, Old Time Future mm-hmm. Fun Hour. Like us there, leave us a note, let us know what we got wrong, let us know what you liked. Um, the position for a troll is still open, so mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, uh, you can troll us on Facebook. Um, we'd love to get your feedback. Suggest an episode. Let us know what you like. And that's all for now. So, good night. Everybody. Thanks for having me. Have gun. Will travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed by Norman McDonald and stars John Daner as Paladin with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Ken Cove and adapted for radio by John Dawson. Featured in the cast were Lillian Bayeth, Harry Bartell, Joseph Kearns, Howard Culver, Ralph Moody, and Vic Perrin. Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel. <laughs>